welcome to the Joyful Doctor podcast. My name is Dr Caroline Walker and I'm a psychiatrist and a specialist in doctor's well-being. Uh, these next few podcasts are going to be a special series of podcasts in response to the COVID-19 pandemic, looking at lots of different ways that we can support ourselves as doctors um, out there struggling through this um, these challenging times. So please, if you find these um, podcasts helpful, please do spread them far and wide uh, to your doctor colleagues and to other healthcare professionals or in fact anyone you think might be helped by them. Thank you for being here, thank you for listening. Hello and welcome to the latest in our COVID series of Joyful Doctor podcasts. I'm really delighted today to have with me Dr. Nikki Kinn. And Nikki, welcome. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Delighted uh, to be here. It's such a pleasure to have you here. Um, could you just introduce yourself for listeners, let them know who you are, what your background is? Sure. Uh, so my name is Dr. Nikki Kiernan. I am a GP and have been for 10 years. Um, I'm also a humanistic counsellor and have a private counselling practice, which is called One Life Therapies. Um, and I've recently become a Joyful Doctor coach and I work with you, Caroline, at the Joyful Doctor. Yes, you do. And I love that. And I love how we met. I think, um, can you remember? I think you, you just got in touch after you'd seen something or... Yeah, it was through a friend of a friend, actually. Someone I was training with had heard about you um, through one of the doctors that you work with in your Joyful Art um, kind of uh, strand of your work. And she said, you must, you must see this lady called the Joyful Doctor. And I looked at the website and I thought, oh, this is one of my people. <laughs> um, and I, I took the very brave step of contacting you, um, having read how beautifully vulnerable you made yourself on your homepage with your story. And I just loved that. Um, so yeah and it went from there yeah I remember start getting that email from you actually um, and having a similar reaction you know that kind of feeling like this is one of my people so it's just such a joy to have you here on the podcast because um, I know that we have had lots of conversations of late and many of them I wish I had recorded um, because you know you've been someone that has helped me uh, so much in the, the last year and the last few months and the last few weeks as we've all been facing you know the crazy changes that have come about in our lives um, because of uh, COVID-19. Um, so thank you I, I really appreciate you being here and sharing your amazing yeah. wisdom with, with the world with me. <laughs> absolute pleasure i'm really really happy to be here and to to have had those lovely conversations with you because they give just as much to me as they do to you definitely i go away from them kind of energized and stimulated and i love i love chatting with you oh thank you so much and i hope that those listening to this will go away feeling feeling some of those things as well um we were we were talking last week weren't we and that's where we got the idea for doing this podcast um about just just how um, extraordinary this experience is for us um, as human beings and, and some of the emotional impact that that's having on us, particularly as doctors um, working in the NHS. Um, and I think the theme for me this week has been really, um, I've been hearing from a lot of doctors who've been feeling really quite tired 
Mm-hmm. And I've certainly been feeling a little bit of that this week. You know, I think we're we're now about three weeks into lockdown here in the UK, about four or five weeks into um, the emotional impact of COVID-19 really hitting um, for, for doctors, certainly. And I think what I'm seeing is that kind of initial adrenaline and, um, you know, moments of, of kind of interest and excitement as well. And, and the initial fear and the anxiety and all of that is just you know, it's been carrying us through these first few weeks is now starting to kind of wear off a little bit and we're we're starting to feel that fatigue setting in. I don't know if that's something that you've been experiencing or hearing from people at all this week. Yeah, I think um I think you're right, that initial addition initial adrenaline kind of rush is there, isn't it? And it keeps us going for a little while, but even that can be quite exhausting. And um, I think I probably felt the most tired maybe about 10 days ago Mm. um, when I was kind of transitioning, I would say. Um, So I think all this whole experience is um, about moments of transition and change for me. So we just kind of get our heads around one change. And then before we've even kind of adapted to that change, we're having to be very resilient and draw on all our resources to respond to the next one. Um, so I personally feel like I'm in a just a place of kind of um, okayness at the moment, um, but I know that um, as things unfold, that will change for me as well. And um, I think the tiredness for me just kind of it it's it comes and goes. So um, some days my anxiety will be spiked, and that is exhausting in itself. Mm. Um, and then other days the anxiety is a bit less and um, I cope much better and then feel like okay I'm a bit more energized today. Mm. It's really interesting we talk about that constant transition it reminds me of when I first had my son and I was in that kind of postnatal period those early weeks and months where you you're sleep deprived you're you know full full of all these different emotions um you know lots of uh, lots of nice stuff but also lots of really really challenging stuff going on and and it kind of you just as you get used to one thing another thing you know something changes again and you're just constantly playing catch up and you feel like you're never quite quite catching up um and I guess it feels a bit like that now with um you know with the lockdown with the pandemic as it's unfolding and it's kind of like this week I've heard from a lot of doctors who are like yeah I'm sort of just starting to get used to the new normal although it's not really a a permanent normal is it it's a I think a temporary normal that's going to keep changing um that idea yeah that we're yeah just as we're starting to find our feet we're still on unsteady ground or the ground keeps changing or so I don't know something yeah and I I wonder if there's something about this whole situation being a little bit open-ended as well Mm. so um something that I've heard from people this last kind of week or so is that people I think as human beings we find it quite easy easier not easy easier to cope with change and transition if we know it has a finite end so what is the shape of this problem when will it finish Mm. Um, how much energy do I need to get to the end of it and and what is the end Mm. and certainly there will be an ending with this pandemic but the ending kind of keeps shape shifting Um, and the messages we're getting about that are um, always changing as well and I think the the real difficulty is to sit with that uncertainty of when will it end how will it end how will it end for me um particularly 
Yeah, you're right. I mean, the, we've seen a lot in the news this week, haven't we, and people talking about, um, you know, is it 12 weeks? Is it six months? Is it a year? Is it, I saw something, caught something briefly last night, someone was saying maybe it's two years. It's like, you know, just, it seems just never ending, um, yeah, change and, and uncertainty. And yeah, I think you're right. There's not that kind of light at the end of the tunnel because mm-hmm. actually, the end of the tunnel is probably going to be a mixture of light and dark isn't it a bit like the tunnel is a mixture of light and dark actually that we were we were talking last week weren't we about how this is really making us as human beings face some of the harder truths about life and, mm-hmm. and some, of the, some of the wonderful things as well and, and how hard it is to hold both of those at the same time yeah Definitely. And I think um, it's important to say here that different people will find it easier or harder to hold those two things in mind. So um, I think if you're going through a particularly dark, difficult time, it can sometimes feel really difficult to hear someone saying, well, you have to hold the light and the dark together. Because when you're in the darkness, all you can see is the darkness. And it takes a lot of trust to know that the light is up there somewhere. whereas other people will be able to notice those little moments of positivity. Mm. Um, and I think as human beings as well, we, we tend to focus quite rightly and safely on the negative. So negative thoughts and negative emotions um, are there to keep us safe and keep us in check yeah. um, and stop us getting into dangerous situations. So we tend to notice them a lot more, um, but noticing the positive can be a little bit, bit harder to do yeah I guess um I I yeah I'm just thinking about um you know the sheer number of things that are being shared on social media and then whatsapp and things like that at the moment and how you know you can get somebody sending you a video or a gif or something you know and, and one time you'll see it and you and I think oh that's brilliant you know I saw watch one today that's gone viral about this sports commentator commentating on his dogs eating um and it, it's really and it really made me laugh and it lifted my mood but another time I might see something like that and feel really deeply uncomfortable as if it's kind of really jarring against because the place I'm in at that point is um, um, a darker place so yeah I think and, and I, I think you have to um, just allow yourself to be wherever you're at at that particular time. Um, and if you're finding it hard to come out of the darkness, then that's OK as well. Um, yeah. Just the, I think the, the more difficult thing is to just to let yourself be where you are. And it's particularly for doctors. I wonder if that's really hard at the moment because a lot of them will be feeling like they're seeing horror and darkness and difficulty all around them and like you said in one of your earlier um covid videos it can be quite um tricky i think to unpack all of that emotion all at once Mm. um to, to be in the darkness and the sadness continuously so we have to just be a bit kind to ourselves and think about what what can I manage at the moment? Where am I at? And um, what comes up for me a lot at the moment is pacing. So kind of just realising where your tolerance is at for those emotions. And definitely not, I wouldn't ever encourage people to, to push emotions to one side, but 
just to have a little bit of acceptance around the fact that some days you will be able to um, look at those those darker things more easily than others some days it will be really hard and um, your brain will just only allow you to kind of keep bouncing away from them yeah yeah so so and there's something here again about not being in control of that isn't there that i think we probably find quite hard as, as doctors that um i know i had this in the beginning i was thinking okay well i'll I'll work really hard in the week and then i'll, I'll allow myself some time off at the weekend and then i can at the weekend i can have all my feelings right i can you know express my sadness and i can be angry and i can you know do, and but of course it doesn't work like that you know and then i remember the next week i had like you know the monday i was really sad the tuesday i was really angry wednesday i was really stressed the thursday i felt really happy again and and i think that's really um that's the human experience isn't it and quite normal that we that these emotions they come and they go and they wash over us and it's particularly in abnormal situations like we're in at the moment they can feel quite intense and and actually that i suppose the trick is kind of riding those waves when they come yeah. and allowing them rather than trying to fight them mm -hmm. or, or deal with them. I, I get getting asked a lot at the moment from people, obviously because I'm a psychiatrist and I specialise in mental health and particularly the mental health of doctors. I get, you know, I get asked how can we, how can I stop feeling so angry or how can I feel less anxious or, um, you know, how can I not break down in tears or, and actually the answer is you. You don't it's not about avoiding those feelings it's not about stopping them or changing them it's actually just understanding that they're there for a reason and they're normal and it's okay and there's yeah. a lot of us out there that are feeling it right now and you're not alone and and there are safe places that you can take those emotions if you need support yeah i agree you're absolutely right um obviously if, if you can ride those waves and feel the feelings that's fantastic mm. um but I guess different people will manage to do that to different levels at various times. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And I think that's okay as well. Um, so it's something in there I think about just being aware of where you're at with that. Um, am I finding it hard to ride this wave today? Because actually I've been riding the wave all day and I'm, I'm exhausted from it. Yeah. Yeah, you said this last week when we were speaking and it really helped me that this idea that, you know, grieving or being struggling with your emotions is all the time. It's really hard. It's really draining. So actually, it's really important that we, you know, if we get little moments of relief from it, if we get a half an hour when we're laughing at some silly thing on YouTube or we're, you know, playing in the sun with our kids or we're able to just switch off and forget that this is happening for a moment that that's okay because i i'm hearing from a lot of doctors who are feeling guilty that you know that they're um when they're not at work that they're not working they feel like they should be doing more you know because they're not, they're thinking about their colleagues and their their loved ones and and what they're going through and and they're finding it really hard to sort of allow themselves to switch off and have those those lighter moments yeah and um I guess we have to remember that those doctors are in the thick of it all day long. Um, and so proportionately, they're, they're, see they're seeing the horror and the sadness and the despair um, all day long. So to be able to switch out of that is potentially going to be quite challenging. Mm. But it's okay if you do manage to switch out of it because to hold the burden of all that grief um it it gets really heavy it weighs us down and so it's okay to put it down 
every now and again. I like to think of grief as kind of, it's a bit like carrying a rucksack and sometimes it just gets too heavy and we have to just put it aside for a short time. Um, and I think children are particularly good at doing that. They can come kind of flip in and out of grief and sadness quite quickly. Um, mm. And I think they can teach us quite a lot about how we can allow ourselves to do that. Well, I guess because they're just in it, aren't they? They're just doing it. They're not judging themselves like we do as adults so much usually. And, you know, I think that's the problem I'm seeing a lot with, with doctors and other healthcare professionals at the moment is we tend to be fairly self-judgmental um, and critical of ourselves. So if we're having a nice day off, it's a sunny bank holiday weekend here in the UK. And, you know, let's say we're having some fun time with our, our friend, our family, you know, in, safely within the guidance of the you know the lockdown here um that they kind of they get they feel a guilt it's back to this guilt mm. <laughs> again that there's this judgment there's this, this i shouldn't be happy i shouldn't be enjoying the sunshine yeah and you'll get those intrusive images you know of that patient you saw a couple of days ago or an image of your colleague who's there now working on whatever the itu or in the gp surgery or um and there's like a an inch it, it's, it's kind of like your brain doesn't want you to switch off it doesn't want you to forget that that's happening and i, I i've been thinking a lot about the war you know the, the world wars the world war one and world war two and how the parallels there with what it must have felt like for those at home knowing that soldiers were out there fighting yeah um and i, I know there's been some some discussion on social media around the use of war metaphor and whether that's helpful or not but for me in this respect i think it can be because it for me there's a real parallel there that it's it's hard for this nation that's going through this incredibly different time right now to to for us as individuals to go about our normal day-to-day -day life as we would yeah and and it is it it's, we kind of talk about a new normal, but it's a very strange new normal. It's not a normal that anyone, any of us have chosen. Mm. Um, and the speed at which it has happened has been hard for everybody, I think. Mm. And uh, I think the tiredness that you're talking about, I wonder if that's um, a bit related to the fact that we're beginning to realise that this might not end quickly. Um, and it might actually, it might not, it's, I don't think it's going to end in a very sudden, one day we're in it, one day we're out of it. It's going to be very gradual. Yeah. So um, I guess the question for me that I've been thinking about is how do we find some peace and some calm in all of that to be able to kind of get through it? Mm -hmm. um, and the conclusion I came, kind of came to is, is something about acceptance, um, accepting where we're at, what we can do today um and accepting that that that's okay um if we can just do a little today that's all right um and when i kind of find it really for me personally when i'm in a difficult place um i kind of turn to the serenity prayer which um i'm sure you've probably come across many times yeah absolutely it's it's really um it's used a lot in the um 12-step recovery programs things like alcoholics anonymous and um you know all the other addiction programs it's beautiful yeah 
Yeah. And uh, um, that kind of, I don't think it needs to necessarily even be used in, in a religious way. If you just take the prayer part of it out, mm. it's basically just telling us that we just got to work out what we can accept and what we can't. So, mm. so um, it, grant me the serenity to accept the things I cannot change, the courage to change the things I can, yeah. and the wisdom to know the difference. Yeah. yeah. And um, if we can just even keep things really that simple, it's just about being aware of what's going on for you. So knowing where you can make those changes and therefore feeling happy that you've, you've done what you can, mm -hmm. but that there are things about this situation that you won't be able to change and uh, using the energy where we can and where it's going to be useful. So actually, yeah, if you're sitting there in your in your garden on your day off, for example, and you're feeling guilty because your colleagues are still working on the front line and you feel you should be doing more and you shouldn't be relaxing, that maybe actually what we the um, serenity to accept what we can't change. Well, actually, we're not at work today. It's our day off. You know, we're not going to change that. Um, but what we can change is is how we. Um, use that really valuable downtime to recharge our batteries so that when we are back there we can you know be even more helpful and, and yeah do more good that sort of thing yeah exactly and then I think you kind of are able to if you're able to notice when you're kind of going into those patterns of trying to change things that you can't change mm. then um, I think that's why it's called the serenity prayer because as soon as you make that realization of which one of those two are you in yeah a, 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 a sense of peace kind of descends well it does for me anyway and yeah. once I realize actually I can't do anything about this yeah. um but this this is what I can change this is what I can do right now and um I think a lot of what's come out of this whole um, outbreak for me has been about slowing down, pairing back, thinking about what's really important um, and just keeping things really simple. And I think the serenity prayer kind of just helps us to do that. Yeah, I, I think it's such a valuable tool. It's something I use quite often as an addict myself in recovery and and it's something I I draw on for inspiration pretty much on a daily basis. So I'm really, really glad you brought it up. And I think one of the things we find hard as a medical profession is, is that we do want to change things. And we do, you know, we feel we're very capable, we're very bright, we're very driven. And when we see pain and suffering, we want to relieve it. And when we see injustice, we want to put it right. And you know we're kind of very proactive in that way as people and I think it can be very very hard or it just goes against our instinct to say I can't change this or I can't control this thing um, but actually there's when you if you can accept that you can't change something then it, it gives you a really a, a kind of a paradoxical freedom doesn't it because it like you said you get that release and it's like oh oh I can't do anything about that oh, okay well what, what can I do yes. um yeah and, and in that moment, then you have a choice. You have a choice to in, engage with the things that you can actually kind of effect a change in. Mm. Mm. Oh, it's such a simple thing and yet so, so powerful. And there's so much at the moment, isn't there, with COVID-19 that we 
that we can't control and I guess it's I guess it's important I'm, I'm one of, I'm writing my book at the moment as you know my first book and one of the chapters is about acceptance and and I was sharing my chapter titles with a friend a little while ago and and she said oh I love them all they're all great you know permission compassion great lovely wonderful but acceptance hmm not quite so sure about that one because it that's like surely we shouldn't accept something that's bad like you know because it, but it's not about that is it it's not about kind of accepting that something is okay it's actually the opposite it's like accepting that it isn't okay but it just is it is is what it is so we are in a global pandemic whether we like it or not yeah it may be a good thing it may be a bad thing in many ways but it's it's just it's kind of accepting that it's happening rather yeah. than not yeah. yeah, it's not about um, accepting things and saying, well, this is okay, like you say. It's just acknowledging the reality of the situation. Yeah. Um, and the reality of the situation is that there's a lot of heartbreak out there right now. And doctors, and not just doctors, um, I think human beings in general are losing quite a lot at the moment. There's, we talked, didn't we, last week about loss, yeah. grief, and um, there will be loss on all sorts of different scales. We've lost our kind of our way of living. We've lost the smaller kind of um, little details of our lives. And people, sadly, they're, they're losing loved ones and losing them in a way that they po probably could never have anticipated having to. Yeah, and we're as a profession losing colleagues. And I think that is, is something I'm really... Um, really passionate about that we don't shy away from acknowledging that and talking about that because you know whenever you see on the news that a nurse or a doctor or a healthcare worker of some kind has died it is like losing a member of our family isn't yeah. it you know we've all we are all joined by these invisible familial bonds in in healthcare by the kind of people we are by the training we've been through by the 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 driving forces that, that uh, go behind and into what we do you know and um and to lose one of our colleagues in such a yeah unexpected and tragic way it's it's really quite heartbreaking it is it's tough and um like you say we're kind of we're colleagues in a very different way to how you would think of colleagues often mm -hmm. Mm. um those those kind of bonds between us are very different to the the kind of bonds you may have in other workplace situations mm. um and i wonder as well if seeing uh colleagues dying from this terrible illness kind of it it, it brings to mind our own mortality as well um so these doctors who have died are normal normal human beings they're doctors just like you and me caroline yeah who, um that yeah. they were they're only human as well and um i think it's quite hard isn't it to face up to that reality yeah and i think um well it's hard at the best of times isn't it for a human being for any of us to face up to the fact that we might die and it and this this pandemic i think is really bringing us up close and personal with those truths about life that we that we all are vulnerable that we all do die that we all can and and when it starts to happen to those we love or those in our our professional community it's like it brings it even closer it makes it even realer and that's really 
difficult you know to to hold isn't it yeah and I think for any human being that's a really hard concept to hold and so we we can manage it for periods of time so I think we're all in the back of our minds aware that death will come at some point um it's the one certainty that we've got we're all born we're all thrown into this crazy world we have to make some kind of meaning out of it and then sadly one day it will end for all of us um and that is quite a frightening concept for many people um, for most people i would say actually and so we can kind of let let it in in little snippets um every now and again and um it again that's something that will be easier and harder for some people than others depending on your your experiences up to that point um but yeah it's not easy it's, it's really hard but in looking at those kind of things if we can kind of begin to maybe start to take them out and uh, bring them into the light what we know um particularly from therapy is that if we are able to start facing death and the big questions in life, once we start to do that with bravery and compassion and acceptance, we are then able to live in a very different way because we begin to really value the preciousness of life. Mm -hmm. um, and um, I was reading a book today, which I know I talked to you about uh, last time called Staring at the Sun by Irvin Yalom, who's a psychotherapist. And there's a lovely um, kind of uh, section in there at the beginning of one of the chapters. And I wondered if I could just share it with you. Oh, please do. Yeah. So um, it's, it's uh, from the Tibetan Book of Living and Dying. And the author is uh, Sogil Rinpoche. And it's just a few lines and it goes like this. When we finally know we are dying and all other sentient beings are dying with us, we start to have a burning, almost heartbreaking sense of the fragility and preciousness of each moment and each being. And from this can grow a deep, clear, limitless compassion for all beings. So that kind of says to me that this is scary stuff. Yeah. It's not easy to look at. And um, I'm not in any way suggesting that anybody has to look at it. But what we know is that if we are able to start doing that, it, we suddenly life feels very different. Mm. Then really begin to grasp each moment in a, in a much more meaningful, um, purposeful way. Yeah. And I wonder for me whether, I mean, just talking about it with you helps. Mm helps me to face those darker truths and those those harder thoughts and those more existential grapplings that we're kind of going through at the moment and I, I wonder if that's something um, that we perhaps need to keep in mind through all of this that you know we're not in this alone that we're in this together and actually it's okay to have be having these thoughts and to be facing these things and to be to be feeling whatever it is that we're feeling you know yeah scared excited um angry sad whatever it is it's okay that um that we feel what we feel mm -hmm. we're facing what we're facing and we're not doing that alone exactly um and i think some people will be able to kind of listen to this and uh, engage with it in a very on a very philosophical level 
um, and really feel okay with exploring these ideas and it may trigger more questions because we're basically talking about the big questions of life why are we here what's the yeah. what's the meaning why am i here what's my purpose but for other people actually they will uh, approach this just in a very different way and it will be more about the feelings that it brings up for them like you said um, mm. so anxiety fear dread mm. um, being frightened and i guess and some people may just not be able to kind of get on board with it at all and want to exactly. avoid it, want to switch it off or want yeah. to they just be like ah that's too much i can't take that and that's okay as well like you know yeah. we're all, and we're all going to have moments where we'll kind of we come at things from different yeah in different ways and what would you suggest to someone who's perhaps listening to this where it maybe has brought up some stuff for them and they're maybe a bit like oh my goodness not sure what to do about this or where to go with this and maybe they do want you know some support with that what would you suggest yeah i think um i think when we start thinking about the big questions in life it can be very unsteadying mm. and it can send us into a bit of a tailspin um once you start kind of thinking about what's what's the purpose why are we all here mm. you can very quickly spiral into quite a, a difficult and confusing place so um for me i would say it's about recognizing when that's happening um doing things to ground yourself to bring yourself back mm. so very simple things and we can talk about um grounding exercises and I'm, I'm sure you do that with many yeah so simple things just like putting your feet on the ground, both feet patients, ground and, 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 and yeah. clients and that can be really helpful um so it's yeah something about connecting um we're all human beings and we will we'll all at some point have even if we didn't realize it kind of grappled with these questions even very briefly subconsciously mm. um this is all part of being human it's all completely normal to ask these questions and uh, to to feel untethered when we think about these things mm. so um yeah i think grounding yeah. so uh, interesting you use the word untethered i'm hearing what the doctor's using words like unsettled unbalanced and yeah and so actually just remembering that we can bring a sense of balance and tetheredness back to our life just by literally putting two feet flat on the floor by connecting with our environment around us what can we see what can we hear what can we you know what's happening right now yeah, yeah. and and remembering as well that it's very hard to uh, to think about these kind of things and engage in this thinking when our basic uh, level of needs are met so mm -hmm. um not to use too much kind of therapist jargon but we have this idea don't we about a hierarchy of needs mm, and which was described yeah. by uh, Maslow whereby yeah. if we have to get our basic needs met so if we are um, unemployed if we um, don't have somewhere to live if we're worried about being putting food on the table um, all those kind of basic things if we don't feel safe yeah then it's yeah then it's very really, difficult really hard to engage with these kind of things so yeah it's very hard isn't it if your physical safety needs aren't met then your emotional safety needs can't really be met so it's um and i've been saying that to a lot of doctors and i think it's why quite rightly there's been such a focus um early on in this pandemic and there will be going forward about keeping ourselves safe physically from this virus because i think actually you kind of have to you have to do first things first 
absolutely yeah I, I really wish we could keep talking all day and I'm mindful that um, <laughs> when you said about um, we we're talking about the sort of uh, you know anxiety about our own mortality and and not wanting to face that things have to end and and I don't want this um, podcast to end uh, because it's <laughs> been just so um, so uh, helpful thought-provoking interesting containing i just yeah and i really hope that those listening will have, will have got as much out of it as as i have and as i always do um when talking with you nikki thank you so so much for coming on oh i loved every minute of it thank you so much for having me please do come back again um, and talk do if you'll have me i'd love to we will indeed thank you it's my pleasure if you would like to get in touch with Nikki, uh, you can find her as Nikki Setter at onelifetherapies.com or email her directly at nikki at onelifetherapies.com. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of the Joyful Doctor podcast, um, one of our special editions about uh, the COVID pandemic and how we can support ourselves as doctors through this um, challenging time. Please, if this podcast has helped you at all or you think it might help others, please do share it um, far and wide. We want to try and reach and help as many doctors as we possibly can to get through um, this time together. We are going to get through this together. Thank you for listening. Bye for now.